Welcome to the Wisdom Calls channel, helping you understand the Bible better so you can have a better relationship with God and what your pastor never told you.com, helping you navigate the end times so you can stand firm until the return of Christ. Get ready. This is not your average Bible study. This is not for the faint of heart. If it's controversial and in the Bible, we'll talk about it. We are unashamedly, unabashedly, and unpredictably bringing out the truth in God's Word. And now, introducing your dynamic hostess with the mostest. She's an international speaker, author, and self-admitted nerd for the Word, Dana Crosby. Are you ready to find out what your pastor never told you about the book of Revelation, chapter 4? That's coming up next. Make sure to visit whatyourpastornevertoldyou.com. Hey everybody, this is Dana with the Wisdom Calls channel, helping you to understand the Bible better so that you can have a better relationship with God. Welcome to Bible study today. Today we are continuing our wildly popular end times prophecy series. And um, I just want to thank you guys so much for making the series so popular. I know that this is a book of the Bible that I have been passionate about, the book of Revelation. It's something that I have been fascinated by ever since I was a teenager when I first started just devouring this book. And I'm so thrilled to find out that so many of you, like me, have interest in the book of Revelation and think that it is important for us to study these things because God gave us these for a reason. By the way, if you're new here, don't forget to subscribe down below because we post new videos about three times a week and the book of Revelation is extremely fascinating. It is actually a book revealing, that's the name of it, revealing, Revelation, revealing what's going to be happening in the time to come. And so many of us feel that we are very close to this to this time and this season, so it's very good if we can study these and look for the signs of the times. Today we're going to be jumping into our study of Revelation chapter Chapter 4, we're going to find out what heavenly visions um, John received during this time. We're also going to find out just the starting point of some of the most hotly debated issues regarding end times. So with that being said, I want to set some ground rules before we go ahead and get started. Number one, we agree on most things. So most of us in mainstream Christianity understand what, what has to happen for us to be saved. We understand that we are all sinners, that we are all, apart from God, destined to hell. That would be our judgment to death and to hell because of our sins that separate us from God. We agree that Jesus is the Son of God and that he's the one who died for our sins and that he was raised again, and that for those of us that put our faith and hope in him, that we will be saved along with him. And so about most of the Bible issues, you and I I will agree, you know, probably 95% or more about those main issues. But about end times prophecy, because it is prophecy, and this is point number two that I want to make, we see dimly. So um, Paul tells us that it's like we're seeing through a glass dimly or darkly. So we don't see and understand everything, but there are certain things that we can see and we can know. I refer back to the book of Daniel, which is going to be an important one that we will probably reference pretty often during the series. And in the book of Daniel, he was actually looking at some of the other prophets' um, prophecies and realizing that their time in captivity was coming to an end because he calculated it based on what he saw in the prophecies. And so we can know certain things just like Daniel knew certain things, but some things we won't understand until they come to pass. And then all of a sudden it will be like, aha, for those of us that are looking for these things, just like the Magi who were looking for the signs in the heavens, they saw them, they understood them. 
And even the, the Jewish people who had the scriptures, they should have known, they should have seen and understood that sign, but they weren't looking for it. We should be able to see the signs and see these events as they come to pass. So point number three, and that's related, of course, to these, is that we shouldn't be dogmatic about these things. You know, you can have your opinion and I can have mine. The main thing is, is are we judging, are we basing our opinion on the word of God? Okay, are we basing our opinion on, on the word of God? Are our ideas formulated coming out of the scripture and out of the text? Or are they coming from books and other sources that are people maybe we respect and we love in the faith, but they're not actually originating from the scriptures? Um, let's not be dogmatic. And a, and a side point to this as well is let's be humble and open and teachable when it comes to the word of God. So let us be willing to lay down our own opinions and our own imaginations of what we think the end times is going to look like and how it's going to play out, let's be willing to lay those down for what we actually see coming from the scriptures. Point number five is to remain in an attitude of love and respect. As Christians, we should love and respect each other. You and I are both hidden in the body of Christ, so we need to treat each other like we would treat Christ. And you may disagree with me on some things, and I may disagree with you on some things, but um, let us remain in an attitude of love and respect and kindness towards each other. So I will for you, and I hope that you will for me as well. Point number six is iron sharpens iron. None of us has it all figured out yet. And this goes back to the point of the fact that we all see dimly. So if you have an issue with something that you hear in one of the videos, please go ahead and make a comment down below. But remember the rules about being loving and kind. And if you have an honest opinion that disagrees with mine, but you remain in an attitude of love and respect, I'll let your comment go ahead and stay there and I will have a dialogue with you. But I also ask this, that you use scriptures to back up your points. So everything, every point that you want to make, don't quote some outside source, but actually quote, quote, actually quote the scripture reference um, that you feel best support your point or maybe multiple scripture references and I will do the same for you. With that being said, let's go ahead and dive right into this really exciting book of the Bible, Revelation, and chapter four is a particularly exciting point in the book of Revelation because we transition now from the letters to the churches that Jesus is giving to the churches. We talked about that in a previous video. And by the way, if you have missed any of the videos up until now in this Revelation series, please go ahead and click the link I will provide for you guys so that you can go back and catch up because of course these lessons will build on each other and we don't have the time within the span of each video to rehash all the material again. So go ahead and watch those and then come right back to watching this video. So so we're going to jump ahead to Revelation chapter 4, to Revelation chapter 4, but the reason that it's so intriguing is because this is where we really skip ahead to the vision, because Revelation is set up to talk about the things that were, the things that are, the, the letters to the churches was to that current time to those churches, and then the things that are about to come. And as we read in Revelation in the very beginning, that this is a book given, a revelation given to John, so that the church could understand the things that are about to soon take place. That's why Jesus gave us this book. So even though many think that this is a book about confusion or that brings confusion or division, it's actually not intended for that. The purpose of this book is so that we can so that we can know and we can see the things that are about to soon take place. So read along with me in Revelation chapter 4. After this I looked, and there before me was a door standing open in heaven. 
And the voice I had heard first speaking to me like a trumpet said, come up here and I will show you what must take place after this. So I think this is pretty interesting because he's saying that a voice was speaking to him like a trumpet. And there's actually other places in the book of Revelation that talks about um, the angel speaking as though they have the voice of a trumpet. So that's that's pretty interesting thought to remember. I also want to bring up that this is a passage of scripture that people that believe believe in the pre-tribulation path, uh, the pre-tribulation rapture of the church. In other words, they believe that the rapture will happen prior to the Antichrist being revealed and prior to the persecution of the saints here on earth. They will use this passage to say that this is symbolic. John's being lifted up in the vision is symbolic of us in the church being raptured. And you know, there is the voice speaking like a trumpet. So it's similar to some other passages that talk about a trumpet preceding the rapture. But I don't feel that there is a lot of evidence here for this just because in the rest of the book of Revelation, when there is something that is symbolic for one thing, but it's it's representative by another, John gives us the interpretation. And in fact, it's not John himself, but usually someone in heaven, a heavenly guide, whether it's an angel, somebody in heaven gives him the interpretation. So the very fact that that's missing in this place um, is hard to really build a huge case based on this scripture alone. And we're going to talk in another video about the rapture and about its timing and chronology, because there's many, many scriptures about it and lots of evidence to show us what we need to believe about the timing of the rapture. But to be fair to all sides, I do want to say that um, those that teach the pre-tribulation rapture will teach that at this point. And you can decide for yourself whether or not you think that is substantiated in the text here. Let's continue on. So notice he says, come up here and I will show you what must take place after this. So he's getting a vision of future events. At once I was in the spirit and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. And the one who sat there had the appearance of Jasper and Ruby. Now, of course, when we hear about someone sitting on a throne, it begs the question, who is sitting on the throne? And we'll see if the text provides the answer for us. A rainbow that shone like an emerald encircled the throne. Surrounding the throne were 24 other thrones, and seated on them were 24 elders. Now, who are these people? That's another good question to ask. And I believe later on in Revelation, when it talks about the temple coming down from heaven and about the 12 gates and the 12 foundations, they make reference to the 12 tribes of Israel as well as to the 12 apostles. So that is my theory is that that is who is represented here in this vision, but it isn't told to us explicitly here. From the throne came flashes of lightning, rumblings, and peals of thunder. In front of the throne, seven lamps were blazing, and these are the seven spirits of God. Also in front of the throne, there was what looked like a sea of glass, clear as crystal. So this is a pretty profound heavenly vision that we're seeing so far. We're seeing this one particular throne that is just beautiful and glowing with this appearance of a rainbow that looks like an emerald. Um, we're hearing peals of thunder. So there's this sense of mightiness and awe about this throne. And also it says that in front of the throne were the 
seven lamps were blazing and that these are the seven spirits of God. So this might be a confusing passage for many of us to understand why it's talking about seven spirits of God. And actually, when you look it up in the in the ancient original text, it, it's the number seven, and then the word meaning spirits. And the word spirit in the original language, I believe is pneuma. It actually means breath. In Hebrew, the, the same word in the Old Testament is ruach, which means breath. So we have that same idea. But we have seen throughout the book of Revelation that this number seven is associated with that. Now, is seven actually talking about a numeric value or is seven specifically just is seven actually just talking symbolically because the number seven is also often used to mean um, completeness, just like how God created everything in the pan in the span of seven days to make up our week. It's an idea of completion or completeness or even supremacy. So supremeness, the spirit of all spirits, it, I think there's also an op- option that it could be both a numerical and a symbolic meaning of the holiest of all, the, the, the most of all. So the most supreme sense of the word, um, regardless of how that might deal with our paradigms of what we see or expect, we see that repeatedly throughout the book of Revelation, we see this number seven associated with the spirit of God, whether it's in the form of lampstands or whether it's in the form of eyes, we have already come We have already come to see this several times in the book of Revelation. So just bear that in mind. Say this is the way the Lord is choosing to reveal himself and the situation in heaven. In the center around the throne were four living creatures, and they were covered with eyes in front and in back. The first living creature was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third had the face of a man, and the fourth was like a flying eagle. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under its wings. Day and night, they never stopped saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and who is and who is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sit on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. And they lay their crowns before the throne and say, you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power for You created all things, and by your will, all things were created and have their being. So we see here that um, it is, of course, the Lord God that is here on the throne, and that he is receiving glory and honor not only from these amazing and holy, holiest of living creatures that's, that surround the throne that are covered with eyes, it's just an amazing image, but they're constantly worshiping and giving glory to him who sits on the throne. And I want you to notice as we read through the Bible together that um, angels, I have never seen angels as portrayed as women nor as children. They are talked about in the Hebrew as seraphim and cherubim, but the cherubim and the seraphim, seraphim I believe actually means fiery ones. And so where we get our word cherub and cherubim, it isn't anything to do with little babies floating with wings at all. We have this vision instead of um majesty, strength, honor, these um, glorious creatures 
in front of the throne of God, glorious and holy, mighty and powerful creatures living right in front of the throne of God. Okay, so this concludes our reading of the book of Revelation chapter 4. It was sort of a short chapter, but we're going to get into a lot more coming up in Revelation chapter 5. So if you haven't yet, make sure to subscribe down below so that you will be able to keep up on all the latest videos that we have in this prophecy series of what your pastor probably didn't teach you on the book of Revelation. And I can't wait to share with you Revelation chapter 5, and that's going to be coming up next. I want to thank you so much for joining us for Bible study today. If you're getting value from it, make sure to share this with your friends as well so that we can get this content out to as many people as possible. I look forward to seeing you guys in the next video. Have a blessed day. Thank you for listening to the Wisdom Calls podcast. For more exclusive content, visit whatyourpastorneverToldyou.com. Sign up for emails and get updates. Also, there you'll find our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube channels. Thanks for listening and join us next time.